Okay, wait, this is the remix. The legal lens is back at it again with Angela Red Eye Bright. Go tell a friend. Unions in the labor movement, employment law, and doing the right thing. Reparations in COVID 19, voting rights. The insight is priceless. Can't be a late talk. You know we got it. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens. It's time for the legal lens. Go, 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 Hello, 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 KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. This is the fifth weekend of July 2023, and you are tuned in to the KBLA Talk 1580 Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright Show. And I'm so glad you join us. You know that we bring law to light each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and each Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are broadcasting to you live from Lamert Park, USA, which is part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles. And guess what, folks? Destination Crenshaw is is coming. That is an amazing arts project that's coming to the area to help preserve the history of African Americans and our culture in the Crenshaw and the Lamert Park area. And you can tell that it's coming because there's lots of construction around our KBLA Talk 1580 building, but it is worth it. And we are so looking forward to that project. Uh, many thanks to J-Star, who is, actually lives in the IE, which is where our guests are from, the IE being the Inland Empire for those who uh, are not familiar with um, our Southern California lingo. Um, but thank you to J-Star um, for our Legal Lens jingle. Our guests just told us they love it. I love it. It gets us going each week. So we really appreciate you and your talent. And you can follow J-Star on J-Star Music on Instagram. And guess what? You can follow KBLA Talk 1580 on all socials. And you can hear all of our other great shows throughout the week, including our very own Tavis Smiley, who's the founder and visionary of the station. And congratulations to Tavis. His show um, was just syndicated in its first market um, outside of California um, in New Orleans. So congratulations, Tavis. We look forward to continued growth for you and for the station and um, for all of the hosts and, and everything that um, that's happening here. You can follow me on all socials at I am Angela Redock Wright, especially Facebook and Instagram, where we update you daily and weekly on what's coming up on the show, who our guests will be. And we like to use that as a way to engage with you outside of the show um, to hear your thoughts about who, what topics we should be talking about, who we should invite, because guess what? This show is about you. The reason I do it, the reason I take time on Saturday mornings to do this show from weekend and week out is because um, we want to deliver content to you that helps you to navigate the various legal issues that you, your family members, your friends um, may be facing. So definitely engage with us on I am Angela Redock Wright. We um, look forward to and welcome your comments and your thoughts. Um, and you can listen to KBLA Talk 1580 um, anywhere on the go. Um, by downloading our KBLA Talk 1580 app. So I know it's Saturday. I know it's the weekend. Um, so you, you don't have to sit by your radio per se to listen to us. Just download the app and you can take us with you, whether you're spending time with family and friends,
friends at the beach, working out, cleaning up on a you know weekend drive. Um, you don't have to worry about missing the show. And of course, you can um, download the app throughout the week and listen to past shows as well. And we are live today. So what that means is you can give us a call on our KBLA Talk 1580 power lines at one 800 520 1580. Our power lines are 1 800 520. I'm sorry, 920 1580. 920 1580. And you want to give us a call today because we have two guests in studio, um, bright eyed and bushy tail, ready to share their experience as attorneys with you. And um, you can ask them questions live on the radio. And these are two experienced attorneys that, um, and particularly in employment law and related law. So these are two attorneys that you definitely would like to give a call. And they are none other than attorneys Allison Bracey. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Angela. Good to see you. And I love she has this amazing shirt on to T-shirt on um, <laughs> with a fabulous um, African print outfit. Um, it says Black Lawyer. Black so lawyer. I love it. You're representing <laughs> yes. Allison Bracey along with her partner, Channing Hawkins. Good morning, Attorney Hawkins. How good, are you, Channing? Good morning, Angela. <laughs> good morning, KBLA family. And he came in his suit this morning. Allison and I are pretty casual, <laughs> right. so Channing showed up in his suit showing us out. But you look great. He said he has, he says, what did you tell me? He said, when Gladys Knight? When Gladys Knight shows up, the pips got to be ready, looking good. <laughs> exactly. So he's representing for us attorneys at all times. So they are here, and they are the founders and principals principles of Bracey Hawkins um, Professional Corporation or Law Firm, which is based in the Inland Empire. And they specialize in um, representing public sector entities and unions in uh, various um, areas of law, but in particular employment and labor law and being strategic around their diversity, equity and inclusion um, issues. And so they're going to share with us a lens today. We've talked a lot about employment law on the show, but they're going to share with us um, from the lens of representing public sector and government agencies. So if you work for a public sector or government agency, if you're a manager, you're an employee, um, if you're on the board of a public sector or government agency or give leadership in any way, this is a show you do not want to miss because they're going to um, spill the tea, as the kids like to say, on what it's like to represent such agency and what some of the trending issues are in representing public sector and government agencies, particularly in the area of employment law. So don't turn that dial. We have a great show for you. We are, this show closes out for now uh, what I've called Freedom July. It's our series um, kind of building off of quote unquote Independence Day, 4th of July but highlighting African-American-owned firms, Black-owned firms, and attorneys who have charted their own path, who are leading the way, who are making a difference in so many areas. And they are helping us close the show out for now. And now only we have several more firms that we would like to bring on to the show and um, have shared their insights as well. So today in studio, attorneys Allison Bracey and Channing Hawkins of the Bracey Hawkins firm. You don't want to miss this show, folks. Call your friends. Call your neighbors call a family member give us a call at 1-800-920-1580 and as we like to say here at kbla talk 1580 we have a lot to talk about mm -hmm. 
Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show with Angela. And today we are closing out our series for now that we've been calling Freedom July, where we are featuring African-American-owned firms and attorneys who have uh, achieved freedom, are in the process of achieving freedom by charting their own path and their own way. And to help us with this series, um, we have two attorneys that I admire so much and have, have one I only recently, recently yeah. met, the other I've known for some time. And when I saw that they were coming together, to form their own firm. I was just so excited for them and, and glad that they drove all this way this morning from the Inland Empire area of Southern California. That's attorney Allison Bracey and attorney Channing Hawkins of the firm Bracey Hawkins. Um, let me formally introduce you to them. Allison Bracey is a civil trial attorney with vast experience in general business litigation, public entity liability, labor and employment law, general casualty litigation, and professional liability. She represents both public entities and government agencies, as well as um, private businesses and corporations. And uh, you'll hear from them. Sometimes they also represent individuals. Um, she obtained her undergraduate degree from Arizona State University and her Juris Doctorate, her law degree from Howard University School of Law. Go Bisons. Yes, H.U. <laughs> she is um, very involved in the community, both the legal community and the broader community. But um, one of her proudest moments and achievements is she currently serves as the president of the Richard T. Fields Bar Association, which is yes. the African-American Bar Association of the Inland Empire. So, And, and she is a mother. She <laughs> finds time, yes. mother and a wife, yeah. uh, of four children. And I asked her, so did you birth all four children? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes I did. <laughs> so she is a superwoman. Thank you, Allison, for coming all this way to join us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And then her law partner and I learned that they have known each other since they were in sixth grade right. and have yes. been partners in this thing we call life and recently became law partners. Um, Channing Hawkins, who is uh, someone he and his wife I've known for a number of years and just admired them and all the work that they do. Um, Channing Hawkins has extensive and unique experience in employment and labor law and board governance within the public and private sectors. The way he described it to me this morning, he's like, clients come to me first when they want to think through how they can possibly work through a problem and he tells them I'm the nice one if you want to <laughs> kind of get through this with the you know smile coke and a smile work with me but when I turn it over to my to Allison my partner she's the litigator and she's going to go hard in representing you so uh, Channon represents unions advises unions public sector government agencies um, in pre-litigation he helps them with negotiations and the collective bargaining process like they may need you out there on the Hollywood strikes uh, <laughs> sag after a in, in the WGA. Um, and he also himself serves um, in public service, serving on the as the president of the West Valley Water uh, Water District, where he spearheaded numerous fiscal and gover governance policy reforms. He's also founded um, a nonprofit which focuses on water issues. He too, um, he's an alpha. I know alphas are in Dallas this hey, weekend <laughs> celebrating their um, annual convention. 
and he is a graduate of undergrad for Howard University. And where'd you go to law school? Howard University oh, School of Law. Double Bison, double Bison. H U U know. And he's a father and hu- husband and father, also of four children. So their law office is also like a little mini. Um, <laughs> place yes, for there's <laughs> decks there's black panther dolls there's coloring books there's extra Browns, computers yeah. tvs that we it. don't even get to use right yes. right no yeah. i love it i love that you all have you know you achieve um great success as attorneys and continue to achieve that you're involved in your communities and you're also great you know parents and and spouses and so you you really are such a great example for our our community and i'm proud to have you here today so let's jump in um let's start with channing channing tell us a little bit more about how you came to when did you decide to practice law and how you and allison came together and decided to to start your firm well i started Decided to practice law much later than Allison. Okay. Um, my idea of practicing law started after Bush v. Gore. I was involved in the civil rights movement and electoral organizing. Mm-hmm. And I saw the power that organizing can bring to the table to help educate the community mm-hmm. and be able to advocate for the issues and ensure our voices heard. But I also saw the challenge and the barrier that the legal process brought to my advocacy work. And once I saw that once the lawyers got in the room and they got into the courtroom and they can defeat the community's best efforts, I said, I never want that to happen again. And I decided that I needed to be the lawyer so I can take the advocacy from outside um, to the inside and be able to make the change that I wanted to see. Wonderful. And Bush v. Gore, was that when in Gore... 2000, In 2000, when um, from the Florida election mm-hmm. when the Supreme Court decided that, um, oh, that Bush the won chads. the election. Yes, <laughs> the, with the fallen chads. chads. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And so I was still a Howard University student at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that election, one of the responses was election protection, which was put together by a coalition of civil rights organizations, including the NAACP, mm-hmm. the National Coalition of Black Voter Civic Participation, People for the American Way, and others. And I was uh, one of the original on-the-ground organizers in Virginia and in New Jersey at the time, organizing students, mm-hmm. church leaders, and others about their right to vote in their particular states and how to make a complaint or to um, enforce their rights. And so they wouldn't be right. denied like the individuals that were in Florida. Right. And mm-hmm. at the time, I remember thinking, okay, this is awful. Like, Florida is a really challenging place <laughs> to be. And it just was. when we think it could get any worse, I mean, well, Florida just keeps... <laughs> right keeps coming with it's a gift that keeps on giving oh my <laughs> goodness wow well we can have a whole another whole conversation about florida and what's mm-hmm. happening there allison let's bring you into the conversation um how did you decide it sounds like you start you probably decided yeah much earlier a lot you? a lot earlier <laughs> uh 2000 Bush v. Gore, I was actually in law school. Okay. Uh, yeah. We watched, I remember our um, study group watching it 
sitting and just watching every aspect of it. But no, it started a lot earlier for me. My mother was a legal secretary working in big law downtown L.A. Okay. Uh, and so I would go to work with her usually on the weekends. Mm-hmm. She would have some overtime assignment. There was something that was pressing some right. major motion or something that had to be filed. And I would just I just love like the pace, the, mm-hmm. the, the fast pace, the people coming in and out. It was just it was an environment that I just felt like I knew I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. in that environment I uh, never saw any hardly any women attorneys but mm-hmm. I definitely never saw any black women attorneys and she worked at Richards Watson I think Richards Watson did have one woman black woman attorney at the time and that's a public sector a firm that represents mm-hmm. public sector so yeah. you decide as early as that yeah mm-hmm. she worked at Brobeck Sedgwick a lot of big law firms mm-hmm. and so I just knew from from just being in the environment that that's what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and uh, I just use whatever you know, my other talents that I had to get to college, go to college and then go to law school. And I kind of I kind of took like more of a direct path. I just went to college for four years, went to law school directly after that. And then when I graduated, I came back to L.A. and kind of sought out a, a black law firm mm-hmm. to work, work for, found one downtown L.A. And I worked there for 14 years. Oh, which firm was that? Ivy McNeil and Wyatt. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're one of the firms that we, I think they're coming on in September. Oh, to nice. Let's continue okay. our, our black law firm series. Yeah. And so how did um, Bracey and Hawkins come together? You all met in sixth grade and how did yeah. many years later you find yourself <laughs> saying, let's uh, open a firm? I, I followed Allison. Um, <laughs> that's always been a good way for me to go. Um, when we met, um, it's a kind of IE seg- segue into educational issue. They had me in a special class, and Allison was already in the gate class. And then once my records came in, my mama went and advocated. Um, they put me in the gate class, and she was already in there leading the way. And we were the only two students. Only two Black students. Like us. And then um, she went on when she went to undergraduate school. Mm-hmm. And then when she wanted to go to law school, I was at Howard, mm-hmm. still trying to figure out, didn't even know I wanted to be a lawyer mm-hmm. yet. And she's already like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And she <laughs> went to Howard Law. And then I said, oh, I want to become a lawyer. So I went to Howard Law mm-hmm. and would go visit her at Ivy McNeil and Wyatt yeah. at the time okay. to learn about the law, meet you know, see what's going on mm-hmm. with the profession. And then she began practicing. I continued in advocacy work. And then after her illustrious career as a litigator for over 18 years, mm-hmm. um, I started practicing in the public sector. And she was like, look, I'm about to do this. And I said, well, you've always been right. I always did well by following <laughs> you. And we're here. Oh, wonderful. That's my side of the story. And you all started the firm two years ago? How many years? No, year? less than a year. Less than a year. October oh. of last year. October 27th, because our kids were like in the office with worrying about Halloween their costumes. Halloween costumes and when we were going to take them and get out of the office. First things first, right? <laughs> right, right. 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 Mm-hmm. And what are the, the firm is, I know it's in the IE, but what city and what are your practice areas? San Bernardino. That's where we are. Um, we are located in a building that's owned by a nonprofit that I have been working with for many years. And so we felt it was important to be in the community since we were setting up, um, setting up there. And uh, in terms of our practice areas, we're doing labor and employment uh, law. And actually, we, we do mostly defense side, but we do, yeah. um, we do also um, have cases on the plaintiff side. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a holdover from my years working at IMW because they, they always did both sides. You okay. have to always have one 
one foot in the community and be open and accessible to to the community to take some of their cases as well. So we right. we do um, in addition to labor and employment, we're also doing professional liability, which could mean so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, in my career, I've represented doctors, I've represented lawyers, architects, engineers. So it just it just depends on the case. The standards are pretty much the same for mm-hmm. all types of professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, so and when their licenses are being challenged yeah. or they're facing some kind of suspension or disciplinary action. Yes, okay. yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also do torts and general liability things like that. Um, a lot of our focus recently what, has for, been... For our listeners, mm-hmm. can you just give a little insight as to what torts and general liability um, Like is? serious personal injury. Okay. We've done those types of cases. Um, like Again, since I've been practicing so long, it's pretty much anything that comes in a door I feel like we can handle. But mm-hmm. now, now we... Um, you know, we have a network of attorneys that we can refer things to. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing with a lot of things. I got a criminal call um, just the other day. And of course, we have a list of criminal attorneys that we refer things to. So mm-hmm. uh, we have recently been focusing on uh, the public official. Yes. As I mean, not, I don't want to call it a niche because that's that is a part of what we've been doing mm-hmm. um, and what we've individually been doing before we came together. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when there's lawsuits, the um, public entity will be sued along with the actual official who either made the decision or or maybe was involved in the you know harassment or whatever the allegation mm-hmm. is. <clears throat> and sometimes there'll be a conflict. They'll, mm-hmm. the, a conflict will develop between the public entity and the public official where the public official will need their own attorney. Right. And so that that conflict counsel we've come in and represented public entities in many instances um, for that specific purpose. Okay. And are your cases primarily in the Inland Empire or are you serving all of California and other areas? All of all of California. Okay. I mean, as far up as like Kern County, mm-hmm. okay. um, San Luis Obispo, San Luis Obispo, um, Orange County, yeah. LA, Riverside, San Bernardino, of course. Okay. And then Channing, I know you bring on substantial experience from, Mm -hmm. as you said, like working on the advocate side, elected Mm -hmm. side, or, you know, um, in campaigns, but also unions. Um, Tell us how that plays into the work that you all do and the services you provide. Oh, yeah. Um, I've served as a chief negotiator for different labor unions, whether it's SEIU. I worked in ASME's general counsel at, uh, office. I've also um, worked for Lyuna Local 777 as a chief negotiator and a representative. Mm-hmm. So I've had the chance to work in the public sector representing employees that are represented by a union, mm-hmm. um, av- you know, negotiating their wages, their benefits and working conditions, as well as through the administrative procedures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the state employees have their civil service procedures. Most public employees also have that as well. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, and having participated in the employment investigations of misconduct, mm-hmm. administrative hearings, at arbitrations. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when we get a case um, where there has been an allegation of uh, employment misconduct, they often have employment investigations as a part of. Mm-hmm. So for our practice area, because I've worked so many times in representing individuals for those investigations, mm-hmm. it definitely has helped us be able to um, navigate what they mean and 
turning it over to the litigation. Right, also, right. Um, <clears throat> when we're looking at the dynamics of a workplace, mm-hmm. because of my work in the union, we're able to get that other lens mm-hmm. outside of what typical lawyer would have from mm-hmm. this is really what it means. This is where the union is going. These are the kind of issues why this can't settle. Right. And some of those nuances I'm able to give a perspective on. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we are, were you going to say something? No, I was quickly? just going to say Channing's experience in that regard just adds another layer to our ability to, to effectively represent yeah. the public entity mm-hmm. because we're not only advising on the litigation and how to advance it and how to ultimately defense it in those cases, but, but also what you can do to prevent this type of thing from happening. Right, right. Well, that's an excellent place to pause. We're going to come forward with a few commercials for you, but you are tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show with Angela, and we're speaking today with attorneys Allison Bracey, and Channing Hawkins, give us a call at 1-800-920-1580. We're talking all things public sector, employment law, and related matters. So don't turn that dial. We have a lot to talk about. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. And that is Better Than I Imagined by Robert Glasper with her and, and Michelle in Indigo. How do you pronounce her last name? Indigo Cello. Indigo Cello. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Odell, our engineer. And so we always ask our guests for their favorite songs and playlists. And our guest today gave us some artists that are new to us. Robert Glasper, Brandon Williams, Alex Isley. So thank you for our playlist today. We're so- speaking nice. with attorneys um, Allison Bracey and Channing Hawkins. And you might hear us with a little out of breath because <laughs> guess who just showed up in the studio? Our very own Tavis Smiley um, hosting today, Professor Cornell West. And so mm-hmm. you'll see posti- our posting on our Legal Lens page um, some pictures with Professor yep. Cornell West. So we're mm-hmm. all super excited about that. Thank you, Tavis, for dropping by and letting us meet him. We so admire the work he does. So we're talking about um, employment law, particularly in the public sector. Let me pass our first question to Attorney Allison Bracey. How is, when we talk about public sector employment law, how is that different when we're talking generally about private sector? I mean, the same principles apply, yeah. but there's some things that distinguish public sector government agency work um, yeah. from other areas of work. Yes. Uh, public sector, they generally have a lot more immunities, a lot more defenses, affirmative defenses that are available to us as as lawyers mm-hmm. to represent them on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a, what a lot of people don't know is that you cannot sue a public entity for and get punitive damages, ask for punitive damages. And so I always see that across the board in so many different um, complaints. And and that's one of the main things that you cannot get from a public entity. You can't ask for for um, punitive damages. And so that is a benefit to to the, the public entity. Mm-hmm. But then what the plaintiff does is they just simply add the public official or add the individual and in, employee who who is, you know, if it's a retaliation case or if it's a um, harassment case, whoever they believe to be the perpetrator, mm-hmm. they just add the individual employee because you can, as a plaintiff, get punitive damages against that person. Ah, okay. And so that's kind of where, like I was mentioning earlier about the conflict council, a lot of times that's where the conflict is developed. Mm-hmm. When you have um, a public official that's sued individually in a case, uh, but but uh, there's a public, there's a 
requests for uh, uh, punitive damages as against the individual, but not the entity. And so they can usually be allowed to hire their own attorney at that point. And just for our listeners to understand, when we use the word conflict counsel, we're t- so that means the agency may hire one firm to represent the agency mm-hmm. and then a separate firm, i.e. your firm, Bracey Hawkins, to hi- um, to represent the individual. Yes. That there's a potential conflict of interest yes. in representing one firm representing both. That's, that's correct. Mm-hmm. When you say there are particular immunities and defenses that public agencies have, what mm-hmm. are some of those? And if- well, the government code sets forth specific reasons and ways in which a public entity can be sued. Mm -hmm. And so there's things that you just simply cannot sue a public entity for. Okay. Um, Like, especially when you're thinking in the, in the areas of um, like dangerous condition, for Mm -hmm. instance, you can't sue a government entity for not having a stop sign. Um, and you can't sue it. There's, there's what a, about speed? Like in the <laughs> winter time with all the potholes, can we sue them for you? You not can't. Fixing there's the potholes? not not really. No, there's so okay. many things that are in a discre- in the discretion of a public entity that you cannot sue them for. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, like like I said before, you can sue the individual employee or the supervisor or the individual public official. Okay. And so they don't necessarily have some of the same protections as the public entity. Um, but also. You know, another thing that's different about um, representing public entities versus private employers is that uh, the private employers, when you settle with them, you can enter into confidentiality (coughs) agreements, you can do non-disparagement clauses, you can have, um, essentially have the settlement in secret. When you settle a case with a public entity, you don't have those same, um, you don't have that same option. The plaintiff obviously, in most instances, doesn't want it to be secret. They want it to be known. They Mm want to publicize it. They want to talk about it. And so the public entity does not really have the option of making it confidential Mm -hmm. because it's it's usually, in most instances, public funds that are paying for this. And so the public has to be aware of how the money is being spent. And it's not it's not something that can be held in, in secret in any mm-hmm. way. And so that that's just another another difference. And do public entities tend to have insurance that helps pay some of their claims? Or are they paying directly out of taxpayer funds? Some of them do some of them don't. I mean, mm-hmm. there's many public entities that are self insured. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are the ones that you have to go through a lot of um, levels of authorization to even get a case settled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's other entities that have joined um, insurance pools with other cities or with other counties or, or um, other public entities. And yeah, uh, JPIAs where they're able to um, get the insurance and the insurance will take over uh, in terms of providing the attorney and litigating the case. Right. Now, Channing, you've had the, you have the unique position of representing agencies and also serving as is your appointment on the board yes the water board is yes. that an elected or yes. is that an elected appointed? position so, back in 2019 and i have a whole long story about how i was made the president of this board at the, same, <laughs> the same day right? okay and that's because you're clearly just so talented and uh, <laughs> I, I wish it was like that. Send right, that, right. E- send that uh, sound clip to my wife. Right. Um, no, but but, but what I want to make sure uh-huh. we address. So sometimes you're sitting around the horseshoe, so to speak, mm-hmm. reviewing litigation, yes. deciding if the district should um, accept a settlement yes. proposal. Yes. Um, and then you're also representing. So what is it like? Mm-hmm 
once someone like Allison has litigated the matter and then presents a settlement offer for that board, what kind of um, what goes into deciding whether to accept a proposal from your counsel or not? I think that's one of the unique things about our firm is that um, I'm one of the few active African-American elected officials that's also a practicing attorney. Mm -hmm. So um, I've been in that room in the closed session, Mm -hmm. you know, under uh, the Ralph M. Brown Act that those decisions regarding anticipated litigation and other forms of litigation as well as labor negotiations Mm -hmm. all have to be decided in confidentiality. confidentiality in the um, closed session. Right. And so in those discussions, oftentimes you have a lot of non-lawyers who are community people who have more of a political lens than they do um, a lens regarding the litigation and the merits of the litigation. Mm -hmm. So having to bring the bear the political consequences of a decision Mm -hmm. or how to navigate the process to where you can be able to prevent the backlash, right, Mm -hmm. that you have um, is one of the things that I counsel individuals about, especially as we're going through litigation. Mm -hmm. How do we keep the board members and the executives of the organization from being in this position again, which serves as one of the plaintiff's strongest uh, weapons, right, Mm -hmm. is the publicity that you can get Particularly, I mean, you can get it from corporate actors, but political actors mm-hmm. is a lot more sensitive in how they're treated and how they view things mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, let's kind of break it down. There, Are you mm-hmm. working on any cases right now? I've had any uh, recent cases that you think are uh, particularly instructive in terms of what some of the trends are you're seeing in public sector employment law? I think the major trend is, I mean, we're still like post Me Too and mm-hmm. post Time's Up. And so there's a lot of... Post George reta- Floyd. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mm-hmm. discrimination, harassment, retaliation cases. There, that's mm-hmm. that's just what it's primarily coming um, across our desk in terms of um, public and defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we just have to be in a position as on, on the defense side to, to advise. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only... Um, are we advising about making um, changes to policies like you have to have the policies in place you have to do the uh, you have to have like adequate documentation mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a big one I, I think that's that's really the number one thing because as a litigator if you're telling me the public enemy is telling me hey you know we had that adverse action because the person was performing below standard mm-hmm. but you don't have the documents mm-hmm. to show that mm-hmm. you don't have the processes to track that mm-hmm. then I think think that's that's where that's 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 where it becomes problematic on my end of it right yeah. right and that's really um going back to the employee side mm-hmm. most of the public sector employees are in unions mm-hmm. throughout our state there's approximately 1.6 million employees throughout our state that are public sector employees right. and about They're union and they have civil service protections. yes they have civil mm-hmm. service protections mm-hmm. whether that's formally through the state or a local version of that and Mm -hmm. what's in their MOU. Mm -hmm. And so just like what Allison is saying, one of the things that's harped on is, did you go through progressive discipline? Mm -hmm. Did you accurately document? Did they get their skelly rights, Mm -hmm. their rights to appeal? Mm -hmm. That's one of the big distinctions, particularly on the employee side, Mm -hmm. between the public and private sector. Unless you have 
a um, union contract and a collective bargaining agreement, which most public sector employees do, you don't have all of those rights to progressive discipline mm-hmm. and appeal rights to be able to file a grievance. And that's one of the big things that I would say is the difference is the protection that public sector employees have versus mm. private. Okay. We are speaking with attorneys Allison Bracey and Channing Hawkins of the Bracey Hawkins firm in the Inland Empire. They are dropping serious gems of information on what it means to represent public sector agencies in employment and other matters. So stay tuned. Ryan, we see you on the line. We're going to bring you in in this next segment. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. That is Brandon Williams featuring Eric Robertson in the song Don't Give Up on Love. Thank you again to our guests for our playlist this morning. An excellent new-to-me playlist. Um, We are speaking with attorneys Allison Bracey and Channing Hawkins of the Bracey Hawkins Firm, um, where they represent, um, in part, they have other clients as well, public um, agencies and government sector organizations in employment and other matters. Um, Randy, we see you on the line. Uh, What's your question, Randy? Thank you for calling us. Yeah, um, I, I, I had uh, heard he said he did representation in in, in union matters in, involving employees. Uh, are they familiar with the clean truck program that came about in 2009? This program was uh, implemented. That was that was uh, it, it was uh, put in uh, process by Mayor Ragosa. It eliminated some uh, 700 trucking operations in the port of Los Angeles destroyed all 25. Now we have about 35 trucking companies that were black. They're all, they're all gone. Had these guys buy supposedly clean burning trucks by 2009, the trucks that they were still paying for, they can't be used down there. And then here just about a month or so ago. Randy, what's your question? Do you want to know if they represent individuals in this area? Would you represent anybody that would be willing to charge the city of Los Angeles for what I think is blatant discrimination? She she just got rid of over 100 truck drivers, all of which were black and brown, and have been working for the city of L.A. for over 150 years, okay. 132 years Randy, that is a great issue to bring up, and thank you so much for bringing that up. And I think if I can interpret it for you, um, you all represent public sector entities. Um, sometimes you're on the other side as well. And um, do you represent them in kind of controversial issues where people, a whole group of people may be losing their jobs or losing opportunities, such as with the clean truck program, as Randy describes it? Well, um in my experience with the unions, I've definitely had to deal with layoffs and various changes to the job classifications and assignments. Um, I'm not as particularly familiar with that case, but I have worked in the city of L.A. And the city of L.A. has a very active union organizations, SEIU 721, 721, ASME, District Council 36, operating engineers and a number of organizations, the Teamsters, as well as a number of other organizations who I know are definitely advocating for their members and uh, uh, holding the city to account. And so that's that's what I do know. And they are also influential with the city council and various elected officials. Right, so, right. And yeah. then, Allison, you, we were talking um, before the show about um, this issue of 
union members in particular mm-hmm. are asserting their First Amendment rights or stating that they have a First Amendment right to engage in certain activity. And sometimes right. that activity or the things they're asserting their rights against um, can be kind of controversial from right. a community um, and societal perspective. Right. Give us a little insight about <laughs> how you represent the entity and potentially the union member in in a situation like that? You know, that's probably one of those conflict situations. Um, Recently, we had a case where we were representing an entity and the individuals that were sued were all union um, individuals. Mm -hmm. And so they they were asserting that, you know, the things that they were doing, which the plaintiff interpreted to be discriminatory and harassing and retaliation, they were asserting that everything that they were doing was within their right to do so, their First Amendment rights. And so it creates the the issue creates it creates a conflict. And so actually those individuals had to be represented by their own attorney and I had to represent the public entity. And there really isn't we, we tried to operate we try to operate um consistently and, you know, pursuant to like a joint defense and their but ultimately, they're arguing, the union um, officials are arguing that, you know, we can pretty much do whatever we want to do within our First Amendment rights. If it includes calling a woman, a you know, <laughs> the B word. A or gender-based uh, You know, comments. whatever yeah. they do. They were sending memes and making all kinds of um, allegations against her, making her life hell. And so, again, she brought a gender discrimination case. And so, you know, ultimately, the argument was not successful. They they tried it on an anti-slap motion they tried it on a demur it wasn't successful you cannot just do whatever you want under the first amendment um and so that kind of creates you know it creates tension between the union and the in the public entity but um it also creates in the, in the attorney's eye it's a potential conflict yes very interesting case um we are speaking to attorneys allison Hawk and Bracy and Channing Hawkins of the Bracy Hawkins Law Firm. Unfortunately, our time is coming to a close, so we're going to uh, close out in our next segment. But we definitely want to invite these two talented attorneys back in the future. So stay tuned and thank you, Randy, again for that great question. Uh, but stay tuned as we come forward and close out our show for today. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty, the Legal Lens Show. That is. Into Orbit with Alex Isley. Again, thank you to our guests for our wonderful playlist. Um, We are closing out our show today with attorneys Allison Bracey and Channing Hawkins of the Bracey Hawkins Firm in the Inland Empire area of Southern California. Great conversation about what it means to represent public sector entities and government agencies. Thank you again, Randy, for giving us a call today. Channing, you all also represent um, general managers and executives within government in negotiating contracts and things like that. Tell us a little bit about when you're representing the individual. Yes, we've had the opportunity to represent whether it's been superintendents, general managers, city managers, as well as other executives who have an individual employment contract. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that several times uh, in our uh during the course of our um, law firm's existence, mm-hmm. we've also done their severance packages on the way out, which is a big thing because yes. in the public sector, particularly, not you have wages, you have different other benefits, car stipends, contributions to their defined benefit, as well as their defined contribution plans and uh, other benefits uh, that go along with that. So that's a specialty of of mine. And that's interesting, Allison. I know when you're on the litigation side and you're mediating some of these disputes and 
there's the issue and you decide to settle uh, there's the issue well how much you're going to settle for mm -hmm. but um, the benefits come into play because oh, working yeah. for a public agency means you have so many more benefits than you right. often have in private sector give some quick insights about that yeah um, your loss of benefits that is a damage in a case I mm -hmm. mean whether it's um, you know you don't have the same reciprocity rights you don't have the same calculations in your um, you know your state pension or whatever the aspect of it is uh, those are all things that you can claim as a damage in an employment case. And so that always comes into play. We're not only talking, when we settle these cases, we're not, the plaintiffs are not only just looking for, you know, pain and suffering. They're looking for, hey, I now work at a job that doesn't have these same benefits and I want the difference. I want the difference between what I would have earned or what I, the benefits I would have obtained at my last employer through my work-life expectancy. Excellent. And Channing, how, what does it mean to be a Black-owned law firm in this day and time? And how can folks stay in touch with your firm? Standing on the shoulders of those that came before us, particularly in the Inland Empire where there's a shortage of lawyers and particularly black lawyers. There aren't any, um, a lot of uh, civil litigation law firms. And so uh, it's important to us that we are an example to our community and help in any way we can. If you want to stay in touch with Bracey Hawkins Law, you can go to our website, www.braceyhawkinslaw.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at at Bracey Hawkins Law. And our phone number is 909 Five two one seven four seven seven. Again, that's nine zero nine five two one seven four seven seven. Excellent. Thank you both so much for taking time out of your weekend morning to join us. Thank You've you. You've given excellent information. Thank you. Look forward to having you back. And just so proud of you and wish you all the success in your firm. Up next, we have Talk Tech to Me with Cassie Betts. Great, great show. Always planned for you. So be sure to tune in. And please plan to tune in to the Legal Lens show again next week at the same time, same place. And we're kicking off the month of August celebrating Black Business Month. So all month long, we will be celebrating businesses and talking about legal issues that are unique to businesses, especially small businesses. So please join in and help us kick off that series. Until then, I encourage you to keep smiling, to keep shining, be safe and enjoy your summer. Signing off, this is Angela Redock wright with The Legal Lens Show on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.